Hey everyone, this is Headcase Podcast, and I'm here with Cameron Rogers. Hello. She has a podcast as well. Tell us the name. Freckled Foodie and Friends. And your Instagram account is also Freckled, Freckled Foodie. Foodie. Yeah. I like She's that you have me. Oh, thank you so much. I'm covered in them. Yeah. Whenever I meet people, they're like, oh, you actually have freckles. You're like, like well, well, of don't. course. Yeah. I'm not going to just claim I yeah. have them. I'm covered in them. <laughs> right. So yes, I have a lot of them. That's awesome. Um, so tell me what your podcast is about. Of course. It is conversational-based like this. Mm -hmm. There's no script. Um, I do ask the guests three questions, though, every time. I kick off with how would you define success? So before we dive into who the guest is, how I know them, what they're doing, that's how I kind of spark the conversation because I feel it always leads us into interesting topics. Um, And similar to the way I don't want a script, even though I have a guest on for a specific topic, whether Mm -hmm. it's like – Food waste, um, you know, mental health. I've had one of my closest friends on about losing her brother to suicide. Mm-hmm. I've had my husband on, my mom, you know, people starting their own business, all yeah. different topics. Um, sometimes it totally goes from away from the direction that I originally thought it would, and it's always great. Yeah. So I had it's on organic. Yeah, like a good friend of mine, Joel Gameron has. Um, a cooking book and show about like how to cook with your scraps. Mm-hmm. So things that you would normally throw out, how can you repurpose them? And so I had him on to talk all about like cooking scrappy, quote unquote, that's what he calls it. And the whole show ended up talking about like anxiety and feelings of guilt of coming from money and yeah. how we can wrap our head around that. And by the end of it, I realized we hadn't talked about food whatsoever. Right. But it's one of my favorite episodes. But that's the best thing yeah. when they come completely out of nowhere. Yeah. And- it totally leads you in a new direction. I agree. So the yeah. show is basically, I say, it's a conversation with my kick-ass friends who know That's a lot awesome. of shit. And it's inviting you to join our conversation. Yeah. And it's cool because people are so much more than just what they do and like exactly. what they're about on social media. Yeah. So it's cool to get like more in-depth and so view maybe, to that. Yeah. People have such so much behind them that's not always shown on what their channel may right. be focused on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Especially what drives them too. Definitely. It, that's and, a good, interesting yeah. to ask them what they think success is because it's that really could really show you what a person's like. Yeah. Because some people are immediately like financials yeah. or others are like, you know, how I value myself. It, it's kind of – it kind of goes into also like the love language question mm-hmm. and how – they seek comfort and value and, like, what's worth to yeah. them. Totally. It's very interesting. Yeah, the love languages. Learned about that oh my God. in a relationship, actually, for the first yeah. time. I was like, what are love languages? It's They really interest me. And yeah. I recently had the realization, which is not, like, profound. I yeah. think everyone probably knows this. But it came to my attention that my love language isn't necessarily the one that everyone else has. Mm-hmm. So I should be giving – different love languages to different people yeah. based on what theirs is. So I kind right. of sent a text to my family, my husband, and like a few of my closest friends and asked them what theirs was just so I know because yeah. mine's words of affirmation. Right. And, you know, some people, you could tell them they're great all the time, but they don't fucking care. Yeah, right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. They don't care <laughs> unless you're spending quality time with them. Yeah. So it's really insightful, and how, I Yeah, think. how they perceive your – love language yeah. is totally different. They might not appreciate it. Exactly. Because if I'm giving them what I like, it might not be yeah. what they prefer. If someone's aware of what they – like has the self-awareness, yeah. I think it's so important. If they know your love language is alf- affirmations, yeah. then they're going to be more appreciative of that. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so That's they really, really interest me. That's awesome. So tell me how you got started with your whole podcast All and your, your – um, 
Instagram account yeah. and everything. It's such a long story, I feel like, but I'll give you a short version. Um, I graduated from college and was working in sales and trading at J.P. Morgan, mm-hmm. so living a total different life. Yeah, I say I'm like a recovering type A anal yeah. organized freak. Um, I did that, and I really loved it. Like I'd interned there for two years while I was in college, mm-hmm. loved what I was doing, and I felt I was the only one of my friends who really enjoyed their job, which was so rare, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, Very rare. <laughs> and I hate to say I fell into it because that sounds so absurd when it's a prestigious job, but I really wanted to be a sports broadcaster, mm-hmm. so I always knew I wanted a microphone, which right. is funny now because I kind of think I've come full circle. Yeah, you have. <laughs> um, but I always wanted to be a sports broadcaster, so I was applying to like ESPN, NBC Sports, Fox Sports, all of those things. And my mom sat me down and both my parents were in finance. And she said, you're an economics major. Why don't you just apply to be in a sales and trading internship? You know, I think yeah. it would really fit you. It's fit for college athletes. Like you'd succeed. And so I told her I would apply. But if I was going to apply, I'll apply to the top one and we'll just see what happens. Right. And I had no expectation of ever getting the internship. Yeah. Um, they had a very organized process where it was like interview, 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 offer. And I hadn't even heard back from any of the media companies, which mm-hmm. is not surprising. Um, so I ended up interning there and then working there full time. So I loved it. It perfectly catered to my competitiveness mm-hmm. and high intensity and like game time decision mentality. But there hit a point where at one side I was going through a lot of digestive health issues mm-hmm. and it caused me to really – take a look at my diet, not that I was eating poorly at all, but I right. was doing all of these, um, you know, intolerance diets and elimination diets. And yeah. it was so, so draining mentally. Right. Um, but because I was cutting out so many foods, I started cooking for myself. And I grew up in a house where my mom cooked, but I was never like, you know, on a stepping stool next to her baking. Right. That was not my household. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of found this creative outlet in the kitchen, and I started to really enjoy doing all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was texting all my friends, all these photos, and eventually everyone kind of told me that they were just getting annoyed and I should just put the images somewhere. <laughs> and if they want to consume them, they can. Right. But I don't have to flood their inboxes. Yeah. So I drunkenly started Freckled Foodie one night after wow. my sister's birthday party. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I didn't tell anyone except for my husband, who was then my boyfriend, Um for like a good month and a half, I think. I was so embarrassed by it. Yeah. It's like, oh, another food account. Like, right. And I had no idea what it was going to be. Right. You so, just wanted yeah. a place for your Exactly. And your I kind outlet. of felt like maybe I'd get free meals at restaurants yeah. in New York. That's um, a huge perk. Yeah. It, it hasn't really happened. <laughs> um, but then while I was doing all this, I started to realize that I really cared about it and I loved that aspect. And mm-hmm. all my downtime was – at works being spent reading like Mind, Body, Green, Well and Good, Infatuation, Eater, and nothing about like the bond market that I was right. trading. And that kind of made me realize something. like, it's like oh, a red flag. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should be a little bit more interested in the product that I'm trading every day. Yeah. Um, and also like I, ju- I just think in sales and trading there's a bit of a plateau where it's a really steep learning curve and then you're kind of doing the same thing every day until you manage people maybe. But otherwise you're just – trading with bigger clients. And I kind of took a step back and noticed I don't necessarily want to be the person sitting next to me or my boss. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another red flag. Um, But 
also with my account, I then kind of started – then people knew about it. But yeah. I was so secretive still. Like my face was never on it. It was only food. I never showed myself, never like yeah. talked about my life. I wanted to keep like church and state separate. Right. And I guess I had always felt like there were so many doors to open with my account and what I was doing. And, you know, I can get more into that. But I was like prepping for my friends on the side, meal prepping. And I was – basically cooking and giving away free food at my beach town every mm-hmm. weekend. I was doing like all this insane shit for someone who has a really intense job. And I was yeah. getting up at like four in the morning to write recipes and working all night. And I really wanted to do more, but I physically didn't have the time. Right. And so I felt the pull to do it full time, but I realistically was like, where would I make money? How would I do this? What yeah. is this? I have no idea. And there's so much egotistical amazing things that came with my job yeah such as like a great salary and a badge of honor and the ego in me couldn't let that go yeah and so we got engaged and my husband was like you know what why don't we reassess after the wedding you don't need to take another thing on your plate like you're already doing so much just stay at your job we'll figure it out and I was like yeah you're right like I kind of think freckled foodie will always just be a hobby my job is my job it's great I don't have to absolutely love it um I don't hate it right and I actually then, which is interesting because I know you had a concussion, but yeah. I got hit by a car and oh had a really bad concussion. And I was on disability for two months. And all you can do, as you know, with a concussion is like sit and think and journal and like right. listen to podcasts right. and talk to people. And it just became so clear to me. I'm someone that really believes in like not everything happens for a reason, but you have the opportunity to change an outcome after everything happens. Right. Like you then are in control of like how you're going to let it affect you. It was basically like handed to you. Exactly. Like, this it's is like, your yeah. this is your time to change your yeah. path. Yeah. And for me, I kept it was so weird. I said to so many people, everyone's like, "Are you so stressed? You're working this crazy job, you're planning a wedding, you're doing this thing on this side." And I'm like, "You know, I feel I'm not stressed, really. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm running full speed with a blindfold on and I'm going to hit a wall. I just don't know where it is." Right. And my friends are like, "Well, the wall was a fucking car." That's literally what happened yes. to me. Really? I met with a therapist after and she was like, listen, you were bound to fall, whether it was – Yeah, you said that in a podcast I yeah. listened to today of well, yours. Yeah, whether it was literally yeah. or figuratively, it Crazy. was bound to happen. And uh, and and I guess I you don't even realize how stressed you were until no. you look back oh my and you're God. like, wow, I've been in like doing? adrenal fatigue for the past two years yeah. just coming down from where I was. Yeah. Um. So – I took the two months – I was on disability from J.P. Morgan, um, medical disability, because I had really bad concussion symptoms. And I kind of sat with my thoughts for a very long time yeah. and eventually sat down with Joe and said, I want to quit my job and I want to do this full time and I have no fucking idea what it's going to look like, but I have to do it. Yeah. And if I don't succeed or I want to go back to the corporate world, it's still there. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. Yeah. And he was like, all right, let's go. So I sat down and I like really assessed my financials. And, you know, I always say whenever I'm telling the story that a ton of privilege comes with this. Like totally. that does not go unnoticed. Yeah. I come from a very privileged place that allowed me to make this decision. And I'm so appreciative and grateful for it. Um, but I was in a place where I was able to make the decision. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to my job and for, for like a week. And then I sat down with my boss and I was like, listen – it's not the team. It's not you. It's not this. It's me. Yeah. Something happened to me and my life has forever changed. Right. And so I left um, May 1st or like April 27th, I think was my last day of 2018. Wow. Yeah. 
That was literally and about the same time that I no completely way. left my job. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You and one of my other good friends left that exact same weekend. It's so weird. Something's in the Something air. Something happened I know. that time. Yeah. yeah. I had, wild. I mean, I had like my concussion symptoms lasted pretty long time. I just am still. I think I still get them. Yeah, no, I, oh, no, I 100% do. Yeah. I'm on an antidepressant for them. Yeah. Because it helps. I had really bad, basically since the accident, I've woke up every single day with a headache. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. The migraines that I still get yeah. from it, it's yeah. just so bizarre. I mean, like I said, I'm in psychology class mm-hmm. now and learning about the parts of the brain. I'm like, oh, so what part did I hit when I fell? Yeah. Or Was this your first concussion? This was my, it was my first like real concussion. Okay. I feel like I've hit my head before and, you know, I've had like a nurse tell me yeah. you, you have like a slight concussion or something from like falling when skiing mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. But I just – it was never something this severe where I felt like my whole personality was altered. Yeah, because yeah. this was my sixth, unfortunately. And my first one was really bad. Mm-hmm. I was young, though. I was in, like, yeah. sixth grade. And it was – the symptom, the immediate symptoms were horrendous. Right. Um, the other ones were kind of like, you know, one or two were legitimate in mm-hmm. sports. The other ones in sports, I kind of think my trainer was just telling me I had one because they were very – cautious because yeah. I had them in the past but this one rocked my world yeah and I will say like yes of course the headaches and light sensitivity and like sensitivity to technology the obvious concussion symptoms right. were very severe in the beginning but I struggled a lot with the mental health aspect of yeah. it because I think a I struggled so much with feeling like I was broken mm-hmm. because there's no physical like obvious injury if your arm is broken, you're wearing a cast and everyone knows you're wearing a cast. Yeah, and then, you can tell. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, you'll get out of your cast in whatever, six to eight weeks and then you're done. Right. For me, people thought I was fine but like we'd go to a loud restaurant and I'd like turn to Joe crying being like, I have to go home. Yeah. Like I, I can't be in here. I still get very emotional talking about the whole thing. It's so weird. Like, I completely understand. The second I walk into my neurologist's office, I'm hysterically crying. Yeah. And he's like, we we haven't even talked. And yeah. I'm like, just being here. Yeah. Like my mom can't – she probably won't be able to listen to this episode because she can't hear about these things, yeah. like me talking about them. But I get really emotional, especially when someone's gone through it because you, you just connect. Yeah. Like you understand. I compl- like completely. Yeah. I would – I had never cried so much in my entire life than I did throughout that whole process. Yeah. And my and- doctor was like, you are – like, my mom didn't know what to do with me. She was yeah. like, we have to put you on something because you mm-hmm. cannot stop crying. And I was like, I couldn't even, like, go out to a grocery store. No, I – yeah. I, are was, you really protective of your head now? I'm really protective of it. And I'm also just, like, really – I don't know. You have that feeling, like, am I still okay or oh, yeah. am I not? Am I broken every yeah. day? And, like, alcohol was a big trigger for my headaches. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of stopped drinking and then I would – We'd go out and like I used to be a a drink – like I was a fun party, you know, whatever. I'm not like out to 4 a.m. every night, but I could drink. Right. And it's been a very interesting relationship and conversation with my husband because we've been dating since we were 15 or 16. And he's seen me throughout our relationship. Like we've always been like party people and we have so much fun and we drink a lot. And there was this switch that I then had to make where, you know, I was sober for like – or ish, sober-ish – for about six-ish months and it was really hard for the two of us when like we're out and he still is living the life that yeah. he is fine to be living because nothing changed to him. Right. And I'm like, well, I want to go home now. Yeah. And then I'm getting mad that he doesn't want to go home and he and then I'm thinking like, oh my God, is 
is he thinking, this isn't the girl I married. Like, what right. the fuck happened to the Cammy I know? Right. It's really hard on your... It's been so your... interesting for our relationship. And it's... Yeah. I'm grateful for it because it's helped us grow in so many ways. But it's it's been emotional. Like, we would go out to dinner and, you know, we're on a triple date, say, and one of the girls is having, like, four drinks. And she's so... Not that drinking equals fun, but you know what I mean. Right. And Outgoing. Yeah. Loose. <laughs> and I'm having like one drink and I'm still fine, but I'm jealous that she's able to have all these drinks and be fine and I go home and have a migraine. Right. And I'm hysterically crying. Right. I totally it's get it. It's so interesting. Yeah. And – but that's that's really interesting that you are you were able to, you know, maintain your relationship and keep yeah. it – together because I think it if, could have gone like oh my a totally God. different direction. I think if we hadn't been together for so long, it would have been a very different yeah. situation. Because I was in a relationship when it happened, but I it was sort of a new relationship. So yeah. it was just like a mess, the whole thing. And I if was it like, was new, I don't even I know who I am. Able to. Oh my God. Yeah. The way I was handling emotions, yeah. fuck no. He has seen the deepest of my dark yeah. and still loves me, so I love him to death. Um, but it, it's really hard. I mean... I struggled with family – like family relations because they don't if, – if they don't get it, then it, it hurts me and I was just super emotional and it was yeah. the year we were planning a wedding. So it was a lot going on. It's a lot. And, you know, that's that's such a big part of it when you suffer the injury in your head and you think you're broken and you yeah. don't – you really – like I found myself when I was with friends – pretending to be okay so much because so much so you because just, you look okay right you look okay and people think like oh she's she's doing better like she's yeah, fine well, she's fine when in in the inside i'm like dying yeah i would have to like text myself notes and be yeah. like i have anxiety right now because of this and like write mm-hmm. it out because i had no other outlet and yeah. i and i didn't want to be like the one i didn't want to be like the complainer or no being, i totally like, get it such a debbie downer but you really don't you're just not well and it's like so hard yeah, to comprehend so hard. and put into words how you're feeling it's really fr- i feel like there should be like support groups for this kind of shit seriously i'm sure there are and i'm just unaware of them um that's i mean yeah that's like part of the reason why i even started this podcast because i was like there has to be other people out there who oh have God. gone through this kind of thing. So much. And the and, more I talk about it on my platform, and I'm sure you feel the yeah. same way, I get so many – like so many people randomly have concussions. So many. And they're like, I'm going through this as well. And, you know, I, I know I mentioned this, but my main thing was my migraine my, – not migraines. Like I had a few panic-induced migraines, mm-hmm. I guess you could call them. Um But I was waking up every single day with a headache. Yeah. And so it was either it'll go away in a few hours – It'll just maintain that level all day or it'll get worse. So I went to my neurologist and was like, listen, it's been a year. Like, yeah. why is this still happening? I, I'm convinced I'm broken. Something has to be done. Yeah. And I brought my mom with me because, well, she wanted to be there. But, she, you know, just an advocate. For, you need someone yeah. else to, like, know what's going on and too. And he's like, I think – you're neural you're cognitively fine. Like it's very clear. You can yeah. have a conversation, you can read, you can write, all that. But I think that your anxiety is now manifesting in headaches where something changed like in the stress. wiring. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no. And then the par- other part of me is like it's weird because I also use my accident as like a marker of my past life and my new life because it it was when before the accident I was at Chief Morgan. Yeah. After the accident I'm doing freckle food. Your whole life changes. Yeah. So I'm like, no. I'm not anxious now. Like, I'm living my best life. I'm married to the love of my life. I'm my own boss. Like, then there's this guilt that I feel of, like, why the fuck aren't you happy? Right. Like, why are you anxious? Yeah. What, what's going on? You're doing everything you ever dreamed of. So why now? 
And that makes me emotional. And it makes you feel guilty. Guilt. But so much guilt. Yeah. I'm like depressed. And so I like couldn't put this into words to him. So I just start crying. I was like, no, I'm not anxious. Right. And he's like, I think you should go on a medication, an antidepressant that helps a lot with post-concussion symptoms with like the neurological aspect. And I left. I vividly remember just I screamed at my mom because I unfortunately flip on her very easily and like you do it to just, the closest people yeah. usually. Yeah, I was so frustrated and so much was bottled up, and she said one thing, and it just the cat triggered flew off. you. <laughs> yeah, um, and she was like, you know, I think you should like you might not feel like you're more anxious now, but I think you were more stressed at your old job mm-hmm. and you're more anxious now, and that's yeah. okay. And I started hysterically crying. I was like, I'm not going on medicine. This is insane. I do everything. I meditate. I journal. I work out. I eat well. I sleep well. Like, what, it's like, what else what can more you do? What more could I fucking yeah. ask for? I've said F so many times. I'm really okay. sorry. Um, <laughs> but then I thought, you know, it's very clear in my family that anxiety is biological. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much in our blood. And I came to the acceptance of if I'm already trying everything I can, I'm not like firsthand going to medicine. Right. Then why would I not? If someone breaks their leg, they're not going to not use crutches. I mean, there's no shame in it. No at shame. All. And I think that's what yeah. a lot of people have when they are initially told they have to be on medicine or that they should be on medicine. Yeah. And you're like defensive about it. Yeah. But if it like, works, I'm not. Bro- it's the broken thing. Right. Because and and the thing is like my I remember talking to my neurologist because I was anti depress anti antidepressants at yeah. first too and I was like you know I don't want to be on medicine mm-hmm. I don't want to have to deal with the side effects of that on top of everything else exactly. and then you know oh, and then I want to take on another like, thing googling the side right effects. oh my god exactly <laughs> and then he was like you know sometimes you just need like that band aid to help yourself heal. Yeah. And it's not necessarily something you have to be on forever, but sometimes when you do hit your head or some you get a head injury, you almost have to like relearn all the things that you naturally yeah. were able to learn before Definitely. because it was just like progressive in your in your growing up. And a lot were, emotionally. Yeah. Like there's so many studies on NFL players and their emotions like post their playing like period of their life yeah. and how affected they are. Exactly. And you probably channeled your anxiety in your work before your yeah. concussion in ways like through those like you know those statistical and analytical mm-hmm. ways of thinking and yep. and that kind of thing and now you have like this creative outlet where you're using that but you have these it's just such a change it's that you so don't different. know where to manifest and like yeah. put your I will say so I did end up going on the medicine. I yeah. guess I kind of mentioned that. And it's been life-changing for me and I'm such a proponent of the whole situation. It is my peak of 2019 yeah. that I decided to go on medicine. Um, but what you were just saying, like when I was at JP, I was rewarded for my anxious behavior and my and my like type A attitude right. because I – you know, I have many different triggers for anxiety and they've definitely changed over the past two years because my life has changed so much. But for me, like I have to get something done right away. Mm-hmm. If someone texts me, like I have to respond right away. If I get an email, like my inbox and messages and DMs are always at a zero. Yeah. And in the corporate world, I would just do everything that was asked of me immediately. Yeah. And so then it's like, oh, you're doing such a great job at your job and you should get promoted. And, yeah. you know, it's all of that behavior and it was really just my anxiety being funneled into 
work behavior. Right. And then getting rewarded, so then thinking that it should be my norm. Right, exactly. And, like, that was the norm Oh, my God. You. Like, when I think about oh, – I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think being type no, A is really I, beneficial yes. for a lot of it's people. It's the only reason I'm able to be my own boss. Right. I mean, you have to have that yeah. drive and you have to be able to be organized and definitely get those things done. I think there's I think with any kind of personality trait, there's like a line where it's like yeah. really good and then there's line. like not so good. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, that's really interesting that it's it's so hard to put into words after you've experienced so something like that because the brain we just don't know enough about it to begin with that it's Every everyone's different too. It is like just dependent on how your brain hits in your yeah, in your where, skull, yeah, like where it's it hits. So freaking wild. It's really wild. But yeah, I still get symptoms. I feel like like yeah. especially anxiety. And I I personally noticed like I went off medication, mm-hmm. and it was so different. Like I instantly was like anxious again and everything. Yeah. And then I tried to go back on it, and I didn't have the same initial reaction that I did when oh, I went interesting. on them. Yeah. So and currently not on anything. Um would I try medicine again? Probably, but yeah. It's just it's interesting how just dependent on your the like, where you are mentally. I agree. It's really interesting. Works. Yeah. I know and I take such a small dosage. Like yeah. some part of me is like, is this a placebo effect? I don't know. Yeah, you I, really don't know. But I don't necessarily. I don't care. Right. If it's working. Do not care don't. if it's a placebo effect. Right. I mean I really think like there's like if you if it's working for you, then yeah. that's amazing. Cause I know I'm gonna have to talk to my doctor about it because I was having a conversation with someone recently and they were like not that I'm trying to get pregnant right now, but they were like, Can you take your medicine while oh, you're pregnant true. and I'm like I never asked that question yeah and that's something I'm gonna have to figure out down yeah, the road there are some things yeah. about like so antidepressants that's and... a conversation I'll have to have later yeah. not now though and I mean you know there's there's all those other good hormones you get when you're pregnant yeah so exactly it could maybe be it'll all balance out right you never know yeah um but yeah it's really interesting but I think that's cool that you were able to like pick up and start something new and yeah. and actually grow it and Thank you. and you have that creative outlet. So I think I mean I actually cook a lot too and yeah. I'm really into that whole thing. Awesome. I think it is such a is such a good creative outlet. It's such a good creative outlet. Yeah. I cook, I do not bake. I mean I like will try sometimes. I'm mm-hmm. just not good at it cuz yeah. I don't like following rules. Yeah. And I think cooking is such an art and baking is such a science. It's so true. And I hate being in a place where if I mess up one thing, then the whole thing is ruined. Yeah. And so I just don't have time or patience Actually, for that. Actually, that's so funny. I bake a lot, but I like really? refuse to follow a recipe. <laughs> we, I'll bake, but it's yeah. not like anything no, I beautiful know. And or I good. Can't, I can't like remake it perfectly yeah, yeah. the second time because I'm like – I just I just threw things together. Winged it like I had no yes. idea what I was doing. It's so frustrating though because I'll post something on my Instagram stories or whatever that I made, and it's like, "Where's the recipe?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." Yeah, You're I like, literally I took it out what was air. in my fridge, my pantry, and my freezer, and like turned it into this weird thing that tastes good. That's exactly how I yeah. cook. Like, <laughs> I don't. I'll follow recipes sometimes if it's yeah. like something specific I want to make, but I just go by like what I think will taste. Yeah, good. and that's how I cook. Yeah, and then I now when I'm doing. That I write you it have to down. Write down. Yeah. People will ask. I yeah. know, which is the hard thing for me to remember to write things yeah. down and then like retest it. Yeah, and that's the thing is, 
it's hard because I you also have to then measure everything. And then yes, not it's something like, I, I don't enjoy. know what a teaspoon looks like if I'm just doing it myself. I know. Well, sometimes I'm just like dumping. I'm like, yeah, that's about that. Yeah, I'm like sprinkle yeah. this, a sprinkle exactly. that, like three shakes of. But this. like, how much salt? I'm like, oh my god, yeah, it's so just funny for you. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, you know? I did these like. Um, I've been doing more cooking tutorial videos because I love them. Yeah. And not like the Tasty Hands ones, but like me as if I had like a cooking show. Right. And I had my friend recording them for me and we were doing like three at a time. And I I was saying like how much – or she was like, how, how do you cut this? And I'm like, oh, you just do that. And she's yeah. like, well, what's that? I'm like, I don't know. Just do that. And then she's like, how much of this? I'm like, uh, like a teaspoon-ish. And she's like, all you say is do that and ish. Yeah, like, I'm like, my cooking show should be do that-ish. That's so good. I, think I said – I like randomly while she's recording, I'm like, you know what? This is a show called do that-ish. I really honestly, like that. honestly, that's how my method of cooking is. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's – kind of easier for people to grasp yeah, when like it's just like fun it doesn't have to be like, so like it doesn't strict. have to be so perfect it's yeah well like you're not uh, yeah. in I'm you're not in recovering perfectionist right you're recovering perfectionist. seriously i but was that's what such that's a perfectionist what's so interesting because you, two shits. you cook like not a perfectionist so yeah. it's really interesting that you kind of went that other way i know it, being like, i was such a perfectionist and one of my i joke about this a lot with my friends in different ways, but like one of my friends is a perfectionist and we'll talk about things and I'm like, we are so different now. And she's wow. like, yeah, what happened to you? And like, you know, there's this joke, my name is Cameron, my birth name, um, but my whole life I've gone by Cami. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go by Cameron when I graduated from college, but I had already interned at the desk that I was working on and in sales and trading culture, like right. everyone just chooses to make fun of you about anything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go by Cameron now. And they were like, oh, no, you're not. Like, you're Cammy. What do you mean? No, I'm Cameron. Yeah. And then it ended up turning and it backfired on me and they called me Ron Ron. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, this did not happen the way I wanted it to. So when I quit, I was like, okay, I'm Cameron. Yeah. So now, like, everything on Freckled Foodie says Cameron, whatever. And so my two best friends from home, they joke. They're like, Cammy was this, like, angry perfectionist bitch who, like, was so mean to people and, like, had no emotions. And was such a, like a type A, like don't come in my zone, I'm yeah. working, and which I still have that aspect of it. Um, and Cameron is like this emotional, like yeah. do your feelings, do what you love, like cries all the time person. It's so funny how something like an accident or any life it traumatic you. event can just completely change yeah. your outlook. Like I never was a crier. Mm-hmm. I would cry during movies like sometimes and TV shows. Same. But never in like real life. Like yeah. if I was fighting with someone, I would not cry. Even if it was like like boyfriend, girlfriend, family, like no. Same. My family – I I struggle with this a lot. I talk about it with my therapist almost every week of like the box that I feel like I sometimes put myself in based on my past self. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's so interesting now. It's like the perfect example is every wedding I go to, I am a wreck. Like I at my own wedding, I hysterically cried walking down the aisle. Hysteric. <laughs> and like we all had bets on who like, was going to cry. She? Yes. There were bets on like whether I would cry or Joe would cry. And I'm like, I'm not going to cry. Are you right. kidding me? Like Joe will cry. I lost my shit walking down the aisle with my dad. My dad was looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, you're ruining your makeup. Yeah, no, he's like, what's happening right now? Like, stop. Um, 
And every wedding I go to, like, I sob uncontrollably. Yeah. And it's just like these emotions have been untapped and now I can't I tap. know. Like I can't close The same thing happens tap. to me. It's weird. Yeah, it's, so, it's like it's I can cry at a commercial that I would have never cried yeah. f- from before that's beyond stupid. It's like a paper yeah. commercial or something. No, and I I'm like, like, cry tears of joy all the time yeah. even. Like in workout classes sometimes, like yeah. in Shavasana. Oh my God, I cry all the time. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I think there's some – I think it can be good. It's definitely, like, sometimes I'm like, why am I crying right now? Or, like, if you're telling a story or you, like, hear something, I don't know. It's weird. I'm like, wow, I'd be, like, amazing at acting. I'd cry on command. (laughs) But sometimes it's just – Sometimes it can be a lot. Yeah, you're like, why am I crying? Yeah, at one recent wedding, my friend's grandfather was giving a speech and it was – the wedding was the day of my grandfather's birthday who had passed like four years ago I think now. Mm-hmm. And he was God's greatest gift to the world. And I guess I never fully accepted how sad I was that he wasn't able to be at our wedding. Yeah. So when this grandfather gave a speech, like it was it, it was embarrassing how hard I was crying. And we were, we were at the table like right up against the dance floor. So like the camera was staring at me. I texted my friend after her wedding the next day. I'm like, I'm so sorry for all the photos and videos of your grandfather's speech because I am losing it in oh the background. God. Like Joe turned to me and was like, you kind of have to get your shit together. Like this oh. is a cute crying. Like get much. it together. This is like yeah, so sometimes it is too much. Yeah. I mean it's it's just like really funny. But I guess it just – means that you need to cry yeah i also think it's kind of with age it must be and i think that maybe that may also be why your concussion was more prominent i agree it's like an age thing yeah i think it's just because if it had happened when i was younger like it's like you move on with your life yeah you're not as in tune with i was just gonna say i don't think you're as aware of the world and what everything means. And I also think you're not in tune with your emotions. I know yeah. I sure as hell was not. Like I was yeah. never thinking of why I was acting certain ways or why other people were acting certain ways or what they w- were manifesting and meaning to say but doing elsewise, yeah. you know, You're just otherwise. lacking the self-awareness. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of guiding you into where you're going anyway at that point. Yeah. You just, you're, you know, you're in you're school, you get picked told. up, you go to sports. Like you just do everything and it's sort yeah. of on autopilot. And then when you're when you're an adult and you're like forced to look at yourself and then where you are with your life and all of that, especially, totally. I mean, I couldn't even go back to my office. Like I didn't go back. You didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I literally left my stuff there. Wow. And I still had a I had a good relationship with my boss. What and were like, you doing? I was in social media and marketing, mm-hmm. and I had like it was in Dumbo. It was like a really great environment and everything. I yeah. just was like, it's a, first of all, it was an open floor and I was like if I go back everyone's gonna like ask me questions yeah. and like I'm gonna be bombarded and then I'm gonna feel really awkward because I haven't seen anyone in like months and it's just so awkward and then we just like went our separate ways via email and we left on good terms but I was yeah. like I it's triggering I, I was like I'll go pick up my stuff like next week and I was just like I can't go back <laughs> my, my supervisor was like yeah you just didn't never ever came back. back I was like no I can't yeah I went back and I definitely got emotional like when I got to the desk. It's the same. It's like open tra- yeah. trading floor and everyone was – I was really close – or I am still. These people are amazing. But I yeah. was really close with my team mm-hmm. and so everyone cared so much and, you know, they're all coming up to me and I definitely got choked up and yeah. started to cry a bit. Because you don't know how to explain it anyway. Yeah. And it was just a lot and everyone's like, but how did you get hit? And then it's more detail. Yeah. And, 
I also like hysterically cried, something I never would have ever thought I'd do when I was quitting yeah. to my boss. I just like broke down and started crying. Well, at least they know that you really – it wasn't like, oh, I don't care about this anymore. Like, yeah. It really affected you at least. Yeah. Um, yes. I wish that there were certain things that could have been done differently. Right. But yes, I hope that that was clear to them. Yeah. Um, but I think that and then like the day I left, my last day, I have a video of it on my phone. Like it, it's so weird to explain trading floor antics but if anyone works on a trading floor, they'll get this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of times where, like, it'll just erupt in clapping, clapping for no reason. So, like, you know, we share the floor with, like, a few other products. And if, like, mm-hmm. they're clapping on the other side, like, you know, everyone just jumps in and everyone's standing up and clapping. So, like, for someone's birthday, like, every time it whatever. Right. And my team, like, started to clap me off when I was doing my, like, final walk off. Oh. And then, like, everyone started clapping. And I was recording it as a joke because I was reco- – my best friend from work was walking me out. And I started hysterically crying. I was yeah, like, Yeah, that's emotional. Yes. Like, I still get tears when I yeah. watch the video. But it's – I get very weird feelings when I'm in Midtown. Yeah. I'm like – even when I got off the subway here, I was like, oh, my God, I'm too close. It's like your other life. Yeah. It's it's, just it's, so, so, weird it's so weird to me. Yeah. It's really wild. Yeah. But I feel like the I best things – I have a book in me. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I feel like the best things, like, happen in your life, like, from these kind of events. I agree. Th- like, that's how you hear all those, like, greatest success stories, I feel like. It's yeah. like, oh, I was doing this one thing that was completely different, so and now different. I'm doing something totally different. Yeah. And that's kind of, like – once you're faced with something, like whether it's like your husband leaves you and you have no money and you have no choice but to yeah. like start your own business or whatever it is, whatever life throws at you, it's like it forces you to take in everything Definitely. and then make adjustments as needed. Yeah. And and I don't think I hit rock bottom at all, but like sometimes right. you have to hit rock bottom. And right. I also think that, you know, you as well, it'd be really easy to sit in the room, in a dark room, and complain all the time of yeah. like, why was I hit by a car? This is so unfair. Or like, you know, why did yeah. I fall? Whatever the circumstances are, and complain and just go down that dark spiral. But I kind of looked at it and I'm like, what, who is that going to help? Like, right. everyone asks me, oh, did you – I think a lot of people think that the reason I'm able to work for myself is because I like got some great lawsuit. Um and so I have a lot of people ask me if I see really? – Yeah. I'm like, no. Like, I don't have time for that negative energy. Yeah. I don't have time for all of that. Like, yes, he was in the wrong, but whatever. People make mistakes. Like, yeah. you know, unfortunately, shit happens. And I think when things – when bad things happen to you, you have the opportunity to decide how you're going to react. Right. And so instead of sitting and twiddling my thumbs and complaining and, you know, I'm not saying I never was sad about it and I haven't – some point said like why the f did this happen to me but you also have the opportunity to change your life in some way you can make it into something beneficial yeah i'm like i'm pivoting this shit right that's exactly yeah what you have to do and i'm sure the person who hit you is probably struggling i really want to reach out to him he's he's actually a very nice guy he probably feels awful well so it was so interesting because i'm very much like I'm a people pleaser in mm-hmm. the sense of when he hit me and like he jumped out of his car and he was like probably a little bit older than me but mm-hmm. like around our age and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, are you okay, are you okay? He's freaking out. Obviously, if I hit someone, I'd be panicking. Yeah. And I immediately like 
I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Are you okay? Right. Because it's not like I felt like anything was broken. You don't notice it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Are you okay? Like, are you okay? And he's freaking out and is like, do we need to call an ambulance? Do we need to call the police? I'm like, I don't want to pay for an ambulance. Yeah. Like, where am I, where am I going? I'm I fine. there. Yeah. Well, we were in Brooklyn and I was okay. like, I also don't want to go to some random ass hospital in Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to take me. Like, I'd rather not. Right. So... I, like, exchanged information with him, and he walked me to the yoga studio I was going to, which was, like, the block. I was basically a caddy corner of the studio. I just had to cross the street. And my friend was instructed in the class. So he, he like, left his, like, BMW, doors open, car running on the street in Brooklyn. Oh, my gosh. To walk me into the studio. We exchanged phone numbers, and I, like, he left. And so then I called my husband and my mom, and eventually I got an Uber to go back to New York to go to a hospital. Yeah. Um, next to our apartment. But I had my husband text the guy and he's like, hey, you know, we kind of need to file a police report, unfortunately, because like once you say I've been in an accident in a hospital, the whole thing, I could do a full podcast on how much I hate that whole system because it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. And it made me want to pull out every piece of hair on my head. Yeah. Um, but the guy's like, you know what? I already went. Like I went straight from the scene to a police station to file a report. Wow. I felt so much guilt. And I wrote this blog post um, in March, which was my like one-year anniversary of the accident. And I was like a thank you letter to the guy that hit me with his car. Wow. I kind of want to send it to him. I have his phone number. You should. I know. I think I I know his name. I know everything. Like I think yeah. about it all the time. You really should. I feel like it would be good closure. Yeah. I think I'm go- maybe too. this two-year. Yeah. I'll do like a follow-up piece and I'll yeah. be like, and I'm sending this to him. Right. Because it's like it's obviously no one wants to be hit by a car, but in some ways it was almost yeah. like a, I said like thank, like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean there are things that I wish – hadn't come from the right, experience of but they've still even like the worst things like the headaches and all that it's changed my life for it's caused me to slow down yeah it's caused me to accept that like no plans are black and white like things can be in the gray area which i never lived in right and so if there's a day where i wake up with a migraine like i can cancel everything like yeah. the world will not end if i miss certain things right and it's now on your own schedule yeah so it's um, even better yeah so it's all helped and it's forced me to have a lot of conversations and you know really look at and evaluate relationships and And it's better it happened now rather than like years down the line when you have kids and you have to be dealing with like all the time i think about that that. yeah it's that's wild i know it's funny i actually i know i actually got my concussion in brooklyn too really where were you i was in dumbo i was walking work where same Um, it was i I forget the actual street I forget the street exactly. Like I know exactly where it is in my yeah. in my head, but I I, forget I was the right name. next to Freehold, the bar. Oh, okay. No, I was I was in Dumbo. Okay. More, but um, yeah, I do. My friend owns Freehold, so that's oh really? Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, my sister's wedding was at the William Vale, and her like after brunch party was at Freehold. Oh my gosh. And we were walking there and I started crying because I was like, oh, wait a second. Yeah, I recognize like this exact happened. block. Wow. Yeah. And wow, that's everyone's crazy. like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I don't know why I just got so yeah. But it's the same thing. It, it, I just get very emotional on the topic. I could cry at the yeah. drop of a dime when I talk about I it. I know. It's weird. I was walking when I first went back into Dumbo after yeah. being away from it for so long, that corner that I fell actually had like construction going on right there. Really? And I was like, of course this is happening now yeah. because the streets are so uneven there, like the cobblestone, all of that. Yeah. I just I just tripped like literally walking to work 
and on a curb and just landed on my chin. Oh my gosh! And just like hit it hard. Ruined? Also? No, I didn't break anything. Wow, that's very which very is crazy. Fortunate. So it was just all in my head. Yeah. The impact in my brain was like really yeah. intense. I feel like it would have been less if I had broken like my jaw or something. Yeah, because it would have taken some of the impact. Taken, right. Yeah. Um, but I went into work because I lived in um, I lived in Nolita at the time, and I was okay. like. I was like, okay, do I do I go all the way back on the subway yeah. or do I go into work, which I'm closer to? I went into work, like, obviously looking crazy and yeah. crying, and then they sent me home. I actually took the subway back because I, like, felt bad. I didn't want them to have to, like, Uber me home. I almost took the subway <laughs> yeah. back, and Joe was like, get in an Uber right yeah. now. I was just like, uh, But there's traffic. It's a Friday night, and it's a snowstorm. Right. Go from Brooklyn to New York. Are you crazy? Yeah, exactly. Like, Shut up, woman. Um, yeah, so I just – I went back and then that's when – I pretty much felt those kind of symptoms like right away. Yeah. But, but it's it's crazy when it's I think really about wild. it. And that you do kind of get post-traumatic stress from – So much Thinking though. about like yeah. just well, how it could happen again like yeah. super easily. I'm very protective over my head. The first walk I went on by myself because my mom basically like came in every day mm-hmm. when I was on disability for the first like week and a half. And we would like go for like a walk, like a block and a half. And yeah. I was like, that's all I can do right now. Yeah. And the first walk I went on my own, it was like maybe like 10 blocks. And I was crossing a street and this drunk man in the middle of the day in the West Village like starts to approach me. And he wasn't – I think he – I'm not saying he was like mentally ill or homeless. He was literally just like a man that was drunk. He looked right. very normal. Right. And – he starts to approach me to ask me something, probably like, how do I get somewhere? Right. But he was stumbling around and I like legitimately, it was as if like a bomb was going off. You were like, ducked. get away. Yeah. I like ducked down, put my hands over my head right. and was like, get the F away from me. And he's like, man, mama, man. I'm like, get away from me. Yeah. And this other guy runs up. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, get him away. Yeah. And I probably looked like a lunatic. But like, what did he do? Yeah. <laughs> I was just – and I still am very protective over my head. But I remember vividly in the beginning like being so crazy about Mm -hmm. it. Just like – crazy is not the right word but just being very sensitive to the fact that something could hit it. Yeah. I mean I I left the city because my family is in Connecticut. I left. I was like I'm not climbing a five-foot – five-floor walk up. Oh my god. Well, Well, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. I I was like I'm not doing this every day. I I actually – I pretended like I was okay for like the whole weekend that it happened, yeah. and then I got this weird rash all over my arms. Like, do you know what it was? I couldn't figure it out. I thought maybe it was like a new the sweater I was wearing or whatever. And I, I was like, well, I've been wearing this. I've worn this before. I've not changed anything in my yeah. shampoo or whatever. And I looked up like concussions and rashes just because I was like, this is weird. Yeah. And there was a correlation. Other people That's had experienced so it too. My neurologist had never heard of it before, but I like never printed either. out the research because I was like, this is crazy. Like other people have yeah. had these things, and it was weird because I was like. I'm going to the doctor I'm like, and I'm going home. Like something's wrong. And yeah. that's when kind of like everything started to go downhill from just like the Got normal it. symptoms of like light sensitivity and noise sensitivity. Yeah. It went from that to like more serious yeah. like migraines. And and then how long were you home for? I was home for a few months and then I came back. But I still was like suffering from the symptoms. I yeah. probably – I probably was home fully for like three to four months and then went back to the city, but I still went home a lot. I mean, I didn't get like a new job. Yeah. 
right away. So Honestly, this is something I think about a lot in retrospect because I felt very rushed to go back to my corporate job yeah. because it's the same thing we were talking about with the broken arm. Like I called my boss the mon- the Sunday or Saturday, the next day, yeah, and was like, I got hit by a car last night. I immediately start crying again. Right. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, when I'll be back. I know I won't be back on Monday. Right. Probably a week. Because I knew it was bad, but like I've had you concussions don't think before. About it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, a week or two, I'm fine. Um and I think that's what I struggled with the most. And obviously it must have also uh, I will give sympathy for my manager. It probably was hard. Right. Having someone tell you every week they'll be back next week because I had no freaking idea. You just don't you don't realize how bad it is. Yeah. Was, and so it just was c- this continuous like my neurologist is telling me I have to go two straight weeks without headaches before I'm able to return. And mm-hmm. he wanted me my neurologist wanted me to like slowly return in and like do an hour or so first. Yeah. And my manager wanted me like to just immediately come back in and not do the slow entry. And, you know, the date just kept getting pushed back and back and back. And I started to feel more and more guilty. And there was this issue with the disability because disability is telling me that migraines aren't a reason for disability. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't just have migraines, though. They're from a concussion. Right. My neurologist is like, tell me who to call. Like, right. that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, so there was so much around that that I felt really pressured to go back. And yeah. I also didn't want to be a new – I'm from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it would have been amazing for me to just go home and heal. But, A, I lived with Joe and we were engaged and I didn't really want to. And, B, my mom, love her to death. But right. she can overwhelm me sometimes in these moments of, right. like, It's like a protective you know, yeah. thing. Um, and I also felt like if I went home, then my manager would be like, well, what now when are you coming back? Yeah. So we stayed in the city and then – when I went back, I kind of decided I was going to do Freckle Foodie full-time. And as I do with things, I dove like head in, face right. first, and right. never gave myself the ample time to really like slow down, assess what happened, right. figure Take it out. It and I was running on such a high for the first like six months and yeah. then I crashed so hard. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. So it's like hard. It- It'll drain you. Yeah. Because you need time to, like, process what happened and then kind of, like, it's just sometimes you feel like you you're fine heal. and then you're just not. Yeah. There's so much healing that has to be done physically and emotionally. Yeah. And I definitely don't think I gave myself the time. Yeah. So that is one thing. I don't regret it, but if I were to do it again, I think I would do it a little differently. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had that that work guilt at first, too. And I tried to make it work because my job was like I could work from home. Oh, okay. And I tried to do that. But then after a while, it was like it's just – it was like debilitating. Like I could not function. I was like I can't even have a conversation. No. That was (laughs) was the one good thing about my job. There was never – you can't do my job from home. So there was never even a question because right. I wouldn't have – oh, my God. I would have lost the company a lot of money. <laughs> right. Yeah. You would have been like, no, can't do it. Yeah. And, if, why, and you think about it. Like you feel guilty, but your company is going to benefit from having, like, someone step in and replace while you're going through this because you're not in the right state of mind to, like, make these I know. intense decisions for – with that much money. Yeah, but that's the, the people pleaser in me where I'm right. like, oh, I'm letting someone down. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't. That's And horror. then you feel like it's letting you down. Yeah. Yeah. I hate letting people down. I know. Even I if I don't like the person, like I hate letting someone down. Yeah. But that's the thing is like you have to, 
that that's the big thing I've learned too is just I learned to say no to things so much more. I'm now doing that and, and it's like amazing. not have like FOMO or anything. Yeah. I'm just like mm, no, I just can't. Yeah, not for me. No thanks. Yeah, I know. So did you notice like um anything changed with like diet and like that your metabolism or anything like that? Um, I don't know. I've never fully thought about that. Yeah. I definitely gained weight over the past like year and a half, but I I think that was less to do with my concussion and more to do with like just the change of my lifestyle right. because I definitely had a relationship with food and exercise that was a little bit obsessive. Right. It was not on the scale of orthorexia um, because I don't want to diminish the emotions and severity of people struggling with that. Right. I don't think that I was near there, but I do think that it took up way too much brain space in my life. Definitely, um, yeah. And so I was definitely controlling over what I ate. And a lot of it came from food feardom because I was so obsessed with not eating things that would make me have these really painful symptoms. Yeah. And so it came from a good place, but it just became too severe. Right. And I also was an athlete my whole life and played college lacrosse. And so we practiced six days a week. Yeah. So you go three of those days for two days. All that to like yeah. And like basically. I was in the best shape of my life when I was a senior. Well, not the, when I graduated because we had a month off and it just went like balls to the wall. Right. Of food of and not working and drinking. Um, but I think exercise for me is such a mental relief and it is something that I need in my life a hundred percent. But it becomes easy, especially in a city like New York where like there are so many options. Mm -hmm. I get overwhelmed by abundance, which is so stupid. Yeah. But I do. No, but everyone does. Yeah. And like I – it's so easy to every day be like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have blah, 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 blah. And I definitely became obsessed with the exercise aspect and I was – I got into running, which I – Obviously, I was in running shape from lacrosse. Like I would probably average five miles a game as a midfielder without subbing. But right. I never ran right. more than a mile like outside like of – you know what I mean? Running. Yeah. Like I never yeah. went for a run because right. my training was weightlifting, practice, or conditioning, right. sprints. And so I got into running I guess when I was like two years out of college in the city when I started to realize like, oh, shit, I actually have to work out. And I got into running and I'm such a numbers person as we were talking about. Like I like tangible things. Yeah. And so running was so easy for me also because I'm very competitive with others but also myself. Yeah. Way, way less now. Um, But it was easy for me to compare. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I ran five miles yesterday at this pace. Like I have to now beat it can, today right. or I have to do exactly. If not that, like that much, I have to do more. Yeah. And so I definitely became a little mentally obsessed with that. And so I I, I did lose a lot of weight. And so I think now I'm at like my healthiest. Right. But I don't think it necessarily – I think my concussion caused me to slow down, which put a lot of things in perspective. Yeah. But I don't think it was my concussion that caused, you know, like the direct – Yeah, no, totally, yeah. And it's – I just said this to my friend – I was at a wedding this past weekend for one of my best friends and she wanted to do like a flywheel class the morning of the wedding with like her like group of girlfriends. Like mm-hmm. she never bridal party, but there were like twenty some of us. Yeah. And flywheels like the for anyone listening, the spin that also has like the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And so it's very competitive. Oh, yeah. And like me three years ago would have killed myself on the bike to be number one. Number one. Like 
I didn't care what it was, whether it was a sport I played or not. Like I had to be the best. Mm -hmm. And it was so freaking refreshing. And I actually was like so proud of myself. I did not give two shits in that class. I was sick. So I was like, I don't really want to exercise. But my best friend's getting married. So I'm obviously going to do everything she wants to do that day. I will show up. I will be there for her. I will sit my ass on the bike. But I'm not like putting the resistance on and I'm not going to like go hard and I'm not going to be on the leaderboard and that's fine. Yeah. And it was like a really – it's so small and silly but like but I was so proud of myself. It's profound because yeah. you really just – you realize like it's not important and you end up enjoying yourself yes. instead of making it like a chore. Like you yes. have to do this. You have to do this. You Absolutely. have to be a certain way. Like I'm doing things because I love them, not because I have to. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, I'm so happy to meet a fellow concussion Yeah, me too. Survivor. Look at us doing great things. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, it's so great to have you on. Thank you so much for You're having me. You're welcome anytime. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> I love the studio. I'll be back. Oh, awesome. We have many rooms here. I know. Which are really cool. Um, all right. Well, everyone follow Freckled Foodie. Yes. And check out her cooking channel yeah. too. Yeah, do that ish. Yeah. It'll be coming soon. <laughs> That'd be so that's really cool. I'm manifesting it. I really love that idea. You Thank definitely you. do it. Um all right. Well, yeah, follow along and we'll check in eventually yes. soon. Thank awesome. you so much for having no me. No problem.